The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Vaccine is poison. Yeah, it will kill you. They'll give you autism and then they'll bill you. They'll change your DNA. It'll hurt your heart. They've seen it's fake and gay. And that was just the start. Yeah, I said the facts will kill you. Yeah, that's right. If I make this into a song, will I get a strike? Vaccines cause autism. Sing it out loud. Can't talk about the vax, but a song's allowed. Yeah, that vaccine will cause you problems. It's true. It will change your DNA. It'll kill you Vaccines cause autism Like McCarthy said If you take the vaccine You'll end up dead Yeah He says a song about the vaccine Can't talk about it But we can sing About how it causes all these things Spike proteins I'm corrupted problems it's true it will change your dna it'll kill you vaccines cause autism like mccarthy said if you take the vaccine you'll end up dead yeah this is a song about the vaccine can't talk about it but we can't sing about how it causes all these things spike proteins and corrupted genes yeah this is a song about the vaccine Causes all these things like proteins and corrupted genes. Yeah, this is a song about the vaccine. Can't talk about it, but we can. Yeah, this is a song about the vaccine. Can't talk about it, but we can't sing. About how it causes all these things. Spike proteins and corrupted genes. Fuck you, YouTube. Well, there's nobody I'd rather mock the Mockingbird with than you guys. <laughs> Good to see you. Jacob and Jelly. Some people call him Q Shaman. I like to call him the IQ Shaman because he's freaking brilliant. But you can call him Jacob. Uh, he's also your future congressperson and an all-American dream. How are you doing? What's up, buddy? 
I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I loved your intro. It definitely oh, had some uh, <laughs> some parodies of MK Ultra in there. Lots of psychedelic patterns and crazy stuff. I loved it. See, I feel like you have the vernacular to pick up my diction. It's going to be great. See, and then also we have Thomas, paranoid American, featuring the beard. How you doing? You're muted, but that's. I don't know if the Scotch right did that to you or. I hey, have my special glass here in, in commemoration here. Oh, there oh, you go. Oh, I love it, dude. That's <laughs> awesome. Let me, let me do a poll. Oh, is it? That's the wrong picture. Hold on. There we go. Oh, that's beautiful. We need to talk about that because as you notice, he's not wearing like uh, Geronimo's headdress. What did they do with your your buffalo bison uh, warrior hat? They still have it. The feds haven't given it back. This is unfair. This is unjust and un-American. Well, this but is- I assume that it's because it's in route to the Smithsonian. Right. Is that the reason? That would be yeah, cool. They were supposed to give it back over a year ago. They're dragging their feet on purpose, I think. Um, at this point, there's not much more I can do other than get a court order. Mm-hmm. Um, that will take filing paperwork. Um, you would think that the government would want to show that the system works the way that it's supposed to and that they give back the property they've seized when the investigation is over. But at this point, I think it's quite clear they really don't care about looking like they are obeying the law. I think first they have to dry clean it to get all the wine from the skull and bones uh, parties out of it, because I'm sure they've been using that hat for other things. You know, that's also how freaking (laughs) magically charged is that hat at this point, just having been the focus and like almost converted into a sigil for the entire nation. Right. Right. That's why you got to get it back. That thing is potent AF, man. Well, yeah. And I wore it for years. Oh, are you trying to tell me that the one that I bought? What's that, Jacob? Oh, Jacob. Are you say it again? Are you are you trying to tell me the one that I bought from? Oh, they took it. They, they're muting him. He's not allowed to say where he bought it. I think he's got, he might, Jacob might have your actual chieftain hat. We're going to have to pick it up in Utah. Oh, Jacob's boy. got a pretty good beard. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, just for some background, like in case, you know, you were just asleep, you know, and you or you were woke, whichever. QAnon Shaman, uh, you're the guy. We've seen you. You've got this face. It's brilliant. What, let's let's talk a little bit about you. What is the and all, what happened? I'm so I'm so overwhelmed. When we were when we were a couple of years ago looking into all the stuff going on, on the internet, you went to January. That's uh, the dogs. They're calling the dogs. I'm sorry. For you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe the dogs were literally after him. I was like, this is this is exactly how it goes. <clears throat> I'm gonna frame it well though, actually, because you oh, know go ahead. I'm sorry. He's he just heard something. Well, we were all looking into the internet at the time, and you became kind of famous because you were at January 6th, basically, right? Do you want to talk about how what led you to like what were you doing when we were all freaking out on the internet a few years ago before January 6th? Where were you in like November? of uh before january 6th i was likely down at the election center here in phoenix arizona protesting the hijacking of our electoral system right right and so i think that's something that people miss about this because they think of january 6th as being like this like one thing and it's like about trump or something like that but what was it for you like the zeitgeist of the time what did you see it more about Well, it was about a long string of abuses, I think. Um, Now, 
my reasons for going to DC are a lot different than most people. Uh, okay. Washington DC is built on electromagnetic ley lines. The Washington Monument, the Capitol Building, the White House, Lincoln Memorial, the Supreme Court, the Jefferson Memorial, they're all built on ley lines. So DC is kind of like a sacred site. And so my reason for going was largely to ensure that the highest possible frequencies of love and harmony and peace were plugged into the ley lines. Um, yep. See, that's, that's a good example. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. I'll go back. I'm trying. They, they don't want you to know this, but yeah, yeah you guys see, there, Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's, it's pretty brilliant actually, you know? And so yeah, what did you, what did you think about the ley lines? What's interesting about it is that the the eye that would be at the like the capstone at the top of the pyramid is where the Masonic Temple is in D.C. Right. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot going on there that most people just don't even realize. So, yeah, I mean, this is interesting already. You're thinking of it because you already know this is the epicenter of where this is going to happen. Whatever vibration that people will feel and see, it's not just whether they're watching it on TV or feeling it in their hot, in their eyes and their minds and their hearts. It's going to happen at the eye. It's going to happen at the Samasata Chakra. Yeah, it's going to happen in D.C. Uh, well, what's interesting is that if you realize that D.C., that the London Palace and the Vatican are all built on electromagnetic ley lines and they all have obelisks at those locations and they all have their own set of laws in each of those locations. Um, and that those laws are outside of the actual legal system of the countries that they're in, whether it be England, Italy or the United States. Then we start to get into the next level of infiltration and the use of the legal system to create a infrastructure, financial, uh, supply chain, um, governmental structure that they, the less than one percenters use to monopolize our resources, labor and currency. Right. But that's also you're looking at this from a very spiritual level. You're seeing this as like physics and magic working together, essentially. Right. Yeah. Metaphysics. Metaphysics. Right. Oh, is he all right? Here he is. is, But we got him back in the best way. I just had to put myself in front of a green screen. I'm already jealous of Thomas having the whole green something. And Mr. Jake Angeli, American shaman. It's good to meet you. I'm a, I'm a spiritual Mormon boy who went through a journey that we won't talk about here, but I'll say we were already celebrating some things. My son and I, when I was tardy to this, because I was teaching my 10 year old son about freedom by watching Braveheart. And we were channeling some of the, some of the verbiage that I heard from you in the halls of the Capitol with a freedom reverberating. So you inspired some of that. I just want to say thank you and apologize profusely for any tardiness. Can I ask you to share a little bit about, about your intentional shocking of one's senses? Yeah. So I largely take from the Hioka shamanic tradition regarding my regalia and the shocking of the cognitive system through that shocking image. And then once that cognitive shock has been delivered to the system, then the individual, the shaman has the ability to then kind of reprogram the mind and deliver a message that explains to the individual or to the tribe that their cultural paradigm, their social constructs are not actually reality. 
that they are in effect a illusion. And the so the cognitive shock is designed to deliver a message of uh, objectivity and in a sense reprogram the subconscious mind so it can consciously perceive reality the way that it was intended. As of as of right now, the, you're talking to an audience that fi- that embraces this sort of idea very well. Does it go over well with your family? Are you an outcast like many of those here with you? No, no. My family loves me and they may not fully understand everything it is that I say or what I do. But regardless, you know, I have support. How do you view this in in spiritual terms, the way that this uh, this kind of warfare for freedom goes? And bless you twice. I saw at least two of those good ones. Thank you. The mute button. What's the spiritual aspect of the warfare like for you? Because most people are just talking uh, politics, either streaming or on corporate media. How was this spirit? Am, am I understanding you right that you realize this is a spiritual conflict? Yes. So the real battlefield is right here. And right here, the heart and the mind and affecting the heart and the mind of as many people as possible to hijack our collective consciousness and thus the destiny of humanity as a whole. Um, This is done through things like the legal system telling us what we may buy, what we may sell, what is legal, what is illegal, the government's monopoly on the initiation of force and the use of that monopoly on the initiation of force to ensure obedience to a system that is parasitic, both on humanity and the planet as a whole. Um, In that sense, humanity's collective consciousness and our ability to uh, create reality, the law of attraction, et cetera, is being hijacked by less than 1% of the the population through propaganda, through psyops, psychological warfare, to basically co-opt our minds and then have us create the reality for them, the less than one percenters, that they would like to see. And there's also another element to it, obviously, you know, all of the death, the uh, mass extinctions, the ecocide that's taking place all over the planet, the uh, the child and human trafficking, which is the modern day slave trade, uh, child and human sacrifice, which is, believe it or not, still taking place. It's just, you know, under the radar, it's underground. Um, and the money magic, all of these things are designed to uh, subvert the individual and to control the minds of millions of people. And thus far, up until recently, it has been effective. But only now, I think, we're seeing more than ever a real awakening or a, a coming to conscious uh, consciousness, a, a conscious awakening is taking place, not just in America, but all over the world. Prayers happening in the halls of Congress. To whom do you feel yourself connecting or with what are you connecting in prayers like that? Well, I, the divine, omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent creator, God. Um, That's the verbiage that I use. I like to invoke the name of Christ or Yeshua because the dark forces really don't like Jesus for whatever reason. I think it's a multitude, but Yeshua 
and what Yeshua did over 2000 years ago has resonated for millennia and has been used as a tool of light and love to combat evil and darkness. I'm going to know some people that are stoked. You said Yeshua instead of just like Zeus. Good job. I've only known Jesus. That's what I was raised with. So let me ask this. Knowing what you know now to where you got thrown behind bars for 27 months, you definitely got ramrodded. You became a, you became spoken of for good and evil among, uh, at least among our nation and other nations. I have some photos actually of while that was happening here. Yeah. What if you even, if you were transferred back in time and the only thing different was the foreknowledge of the crap you would be through, what would you be doing differently, if anything? Well, I mean, if I could go back, I'd try to stop the whole thing from happening in the first place. Um, who's going to listen to the guy in horns and face paint telling everybody to calm down? You know, that remains to be seen. But um, my thinking is, is that what I went through was an ordeal in shamanism. Ordeals are a essential part of the shamanic path. You go through ordeals, you go through hardships so that the tribe doesn't have to. You do so to go through suffering and pain so as to avoid negative timelines. What I mean by negative timelines is things like famine, drought, um, disease, war, chaos, death. These things struck the tribe as a whole if and when the shaman did not go through the ordeal. And I mean, if you think about like what Christ went through in the desert, 40 days and 40 nights, that was an ordeal. And he came this close to death. And that's kind of what the ordeal is designed to do is to thrust the the shaman and the person on the shamanic path up against death. And then the shaman doesn't die. And through the shamans living through the ordeal, positive timelines are created. Life-oriented timelines are created. And all of the other, you know, crap, the negative timelines are avoided in the process. And also it banishes evil. When the shaman thrusts themselves against death and wins as life, then the evil spirits are neutralized. And I think that, you know, Christ in the 40 days, 40 nights in the desert, the passion, those were ordeals. And they were designed to avoid negative timelines, not just in 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 Israel or not just in, in Jerusalem or for the Jewish people, but for all humanity for thousands of years to come. So I kind of view what I, what it is that I went through as an ordeal. And if you think about the J6 narrative and the way that it was turned on its head simply by my presence being there uh, when Tucker Carlson released that footage, then that was the first fracture a very real and big fracture in the January 6th narrative. And ever since then, people have been allowed to question with great intensity the truth about what happened on that day and the government and the Mockingbird media's attempts to create a propaganda campaign to centralize power. I really didn't think, I don't think that they thought that you could speak. They just, they thought, they thought it was, they're hoping for a Bill and Ted and they're kind of scared now because it's pretty impressive, you know, what you know. Well, thanks. Well, you know, if they would have just done their homework, they would have just read my book, One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion. If they would have just, you know, watched some of my videos, they would have, they would have known 
this guy is not retarded. This guy is not an income poop. He's not just some schmuck that we can use. Uh, we might want to think twice about making this guy globally known. But, you know, the the imagery was shocking. And because the shocking images that took place outside the building, the violence, the chaos, the combating with police, the destruction of property, because those things did not happen inside, they needed a shocking image inside to create the illusion that what happened outside also happened inside. And for that, they used me, which was a big mistake. Did you convert anyone to QAnon shamanism while you were in jail? Well, first of all, the media gave me the moniker QAnon shaman. Yeah. I never called myself that. Um, and they had the audacity to say that I go by that name myself. That I It does rhyme. That. To be fair, it does rhyme. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that's why they tried to coin it. It's NLP, bro. Exactly. It's, it's, it, it rolls off the tongue, QAnon shaman. Um, the, Alex Jones first called me the Q shaman, and then the media took on QAnon shaman. Um, there were, but, there's no, no I didn't because the pen because the pentameter exactly. It's, it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't seek to convert anybody to shamanism. Shamanism is not a path for everyone. In fact, it is a, a path for it for the only the strongest and most courageous individuals because it isn't just about doing things that might put your life in jeopardy. It's also about combating evil and real evil, not just in this physical world, but in the spiritual. And that shit is tough. And it can drive a person insane if they are not properly initiated into the shamanic path. And uh, people, it's kind of like getting lost in the wilderness. If people don't go on a certain path, then they will get lost and they will go freaking nuts. Can can we talk psychedelics at some point in this conversation? Yeah, but before we Absolutely. do, before that's, that's we, I'm not against it. Not against it. Not against it. I just before we do, I wanted to, a little bit more because we have the Paddington Bear Two story here, and I I want to understand your prison time. I'm not actually trying to downplay it, but just from knowing from Ivory Hecker and hearing from what you did, it sounds like actually like a 1960s protester beautiful story that the left should be obsessed with how you tried to you know you fasted until they gave you healthy food i mean do you want to talk a little bit about your time in prison and how you you were fierce <laughs> well i'll start by saying prison sucks right don't piss off the feds um don't don't you know put yourself in a position where the government can turn you into their property. And unfortunately, that's what they're seeking to do with pretty much everybody in the country at this Absolutely. point. Um we're not gonna let them do that though, are we? You know, there there's nothing that is a greater symbol of freedom than non-compliance. Um my time in prison was interesting because the guards, the COs. You know, they're about law and order. It's not like they voted for Biden, you know, um, and the, it's not like federal prison is filled with inmates that love the federal government. So in my case, there was a lot of curiosity. And when I told people on the prison yard, when I got to FCI Safford, what had happened, that the police escorted me around the building because I offered to help them, that I told people to go home, that I stopped somebody from stealing as soon as I got in the building, they... They didn't believe me until they saw the footage on the TV. And then they like guards, inmates were coming up to me, be like, 
dude, so like you're innocent. Like you really shouldn't be here. And I was like, dude, I tried to tell you what happened. You didn't believe me, but now you see it on the TV and you believe me. Okay. I, I told you, you know, I don't lie. I don't like, I, it bothers me. Like it, it makes me feel icky to lie. So I don't lie. I just tell the truth, even if it incriminates me. That's why when I called the FBI, I told them everything. I talked to him on the phone for over an hour without a lawyer. I went and saw them in FCI. Don't do that ever again, anybody ever. Exactly. Always have a lawyer. At the field office here in in Phoenix, when I when I turned myself in, basically, I told him everything because I have nothing to hide. You know, and I also understood the extremity at that point of what the Mockingbird media and the government were leveling at myself and Trump and all the other J6ers. So I knew that not cooperating would not fare well long term. And it kind of actually turned out to my advantage because when my lawyer arranged a, I guess you could say an interrogation session or just like an arrangement between the prosecutor, the FBI agent that was in on my case and my lawyer and myself, I told him the exact same story that I told the FBI when I turned myself in. So they knew that I wasn't lying. You know, uh, the truth, the truth is the most powerful thing that we have at our disposal, both sword and shield. That muting button. What do you think about after you got out of prison then? I mean, when you left prison, did you feel like you had, um, you know, paid for something? Or did you feel, you know, kind of you'd walked through this atonement? Like, do you think that you did some sort of light work because of that? So look at it like this. Imagine as though as the, as the Third Reich and the Nazis were rising to power, in Germany. Imagine if there was a one lowly Jew that saw the vision of the future of what would happen with the concentration camps and the human experiments and the mass war and chaos, famine, death, disease. And that low, that, that lone Jew decided, okay, well, I have to basically throw myself at the mercy of the machine to show the rest of the country where this is going. So as to avoid those millions of deaths, avoid World War II, show the world what these people are all about. Well, I'll just say I've had visions of the future and I see the direction that we've, we are headed if we don't do something now. And I have chosen consciously to stand in the way of tyranny and, and come what may, because I know that unfortunately, given the direction that we're in, global extinction, not just human extinction, but global extinction is around the corner. It's we're, we're being led over a cliff. So I have to, as it's my shamanic duty, it's my spiritual duty as a human being, as a shamanic practitioner, as a lover of life and humanity to stand fully in the way with nonviolence. Nonviolence is key because they want the violence. So nonviolence is the key. It's, it's the turn the other cheek. It's praying for thine enemies. You know, that is what Christ was teaching. What, what Yeshua was teaching was a blueprint for success for millennia to come. 
I do want to ask regarding divisions. Uh, there's been statesmen for a number of decades who have been really dutiful in paying attention to the signs and publishing. Uh, we've been the beneficiaries of Ron Paul having paid attention to those statesmen and seeing how it's going. When you're referring to visions, how much of it is is studying what the trajectory of our country is and how much of it turns into something of a spiritual nature being shown to you? Well, when I had a vision of the future regarding Barack Obama becoming president in 2008, that was 2004 when I had that vision. And everybody thought I was crazy. I was like, no, dude, he's going to be president and he's going to create like a, a, an American slash Islamic empire in the Middle East with 10 countries under Islam. And I think that he is the beast of revelations, the numbers of his name. He has 18 letters in his name, Barack Hussein Obama. What is six plus six plus six? It is an Islamic name. What did he do when he went in office? He created a caliphate in the Middle East of 10 countries. So when I had that vision in 2004, I was like, no, dude, this is what's going to happen. I told my family. I told people at school. I told people in the Navy. Nobody believed me. Everybody thought I was nuts. And then it happened. How do you obtain it? And so that was not anything having to do with, you know, study. I remembered Barack Obama's face. I remembered like his ears. I remember the shape of his head. I remember the little moles he had on his face. I remember the sound of his voice from prior to my birth. Okay. I remembered like, no, that right there is the guy. Remember him. Remember this. And so when I had that vision and all that, all those memories came back, I was like, my God, this is really the apocalypse. And apocalypse isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just means lifting of the veil during a time of deception or a big reveal at the end of the age. So um, when I had that vision, that was when I first started to like, okay, I'm going to pay attention to these visions. And most of it, all of it, it never really came from study. It came from like, it's kind of like what Einstein said when he said that none of his theories came from logical deduction or like, like, lo- like prolonged rational thought that they were all ideas that just like came to him in an instant and he understood everything in a moment. And then he spent years or months trying to tailor the mathematical equations to fit what he knew intuitively. That was more along the lines of what I experienced was like a, a flash and then everything at once. And it was like, oh, shit. Okay, well, we got to do something then because this guy, this is this is him. He's right here. Do you think you like somehow, like, because you were in the Navy and things, you think about MK Ultra? do you think somehow you were uh, tapped in and now they don't have control of you or something like that? Do you think that maybe that, that helped on that path or were, were you already were, destined for Were you sheep dipped? <laughs> Was that what? Were you sheep dipped? What's sheep? Dipped? I never heard that either. I'm curious. I've never heard you? sheep dipped is when uh, it's, you know, like the gifted program in school when like the teachers will be like, oh, little Johnny's doing better than the other kids. Let's put him into the advanced program. Well, sheep dipped is the military version of that where they're like, man, Jake could be a real killer. And they put you into a special program and they special train you. Uh, but it's like usually not on the book. Are, are you a cop? That's basically what I'm asking. <laughs> No, 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 I, I don't think that I was MK Ultra. Um, that doesn't mean that psychotronic weaponry, they didn't, that they haven't used it on me. Yeah, not have. more than the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah, they have. Um, it's not pleasant. Um, but there's, 
No, I was not sheep dipped. Oh, but um, you're saying they used like active denial, uh, active denial resistance systems, like the ray gun kind of thing. You've experienced that. Is that what you're saying? Um, well, not in the Navy, but uh, after I wrote my book, One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion, most certainly. Wow. Um, yeah. Like uh, neuroelectromagnetic weapons, voice of God, voice uh, to skull technology, neuro, uh, what they call psychotronic weapons. Those are real. Um, and uh, I have had to fight for my own mind, unfortunately. Um, you know, for those that don't believe in it, uh, look into um, Havana syndrome. Yeah. Um, I don't know what active Wiki, denial system is. Wiki is basically calling Havana syndrome uh, effects of the ADS active denial system. So Havana syndrome is what you get from an ADS heat ray. But you can use it for all sorts of purposes, you know, just to cause your brain to hurt or you can hear voices. Yeah, but a- ADS usually, if it's used for violent purposes, can make monkeys bleed out their eyes. You know, it's pretty violent if you really want it. To oh, be. yeah. That's why I said look into Havana syndrome. Yeah. Um, I'm of the belief that psychotronic weaponry uh, combined with things like psychotropic drugs and um, trauma in life, especially in an early age, are largely responsible for the mass shootings that have taken place. Um, a lot of those people are like sleeper agents um, or like MK Ultra sleeper cells that are activated when the deep state deems it necessary to uh, cause mayhem. What's this, Thomas? Well, we were talking earlier about the layout of oh, DC, yeah. and this is just from one of my comics that talks about this exact same concept and all of these. Oh, I, sweet. I, I sent you another one too that uh, I, I coincidentally issued two of, of time samplers talks all about V2K satellites, psych, um, psychotronic weapons, harp, and all this information, which I think is incredibly important. This is the the Black Knight satellite too, I believe. Oh, Black Knight satellite—that's some crazy shit, isn't it? Yeah, Thomas this is one cuts deep. Thomas's paranoid American make all sorts of comic books that are basically information pamphlets for all the stuff that we're talking about right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I see you got DARPA on there. Good on you. And and this actually right here, if you read through it, this is just an illustrated form of silent weapons for quiet wars. Like all this. Mm. Ah, yeah. Jonathan, what is it? Uh, no, it's um, Joseph P. Farrell. Well, well, this one was uh, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, I believe, was in uh, some versions of Behold the Pale Horse. But the story was that someone bought a Xerox machine at a government like surplus auction. And when they brought it oh, home, yeah, that, you're right. No, you know, you're right. That's um, yeah, that's uh, Behold the Pale Horse. I was thinking um, Joseph P. Farrell. He did. Um, he did. Uh, Breakaway Civilizations in Covert War or Covert Wars. Uh, that's F F Farrell. There, there you go. go. Yeah, his stuff. His stuff is pretty mind blowing. It's it's kind of dense. Not everybody. Um, oh, breakaway civilizations. Yeah, his stuff is pretty dense. Um, but it's really good. Oh, yeah, I read that in prison. As funny as that is. Wow. That's a cool. I'm glad you got so you. I'm sure you read a lot of books or you read as much as you could. Oh, yeah. If you guys haven't read The Authoritarians by uh, Jonathan M. Ward, he's a constitutional lawyer. Oh, dude, that book. 
that book will blow your head back. It, it delineates the in, communist infiltration into the United States going all the way back to like the Fed and like Hegel and the programming of our university students by German um, by German uh, professors. The teaching Hegelian philosophy and communism. And then, you know, talks about like the infiltration of the Soviet Union into FDR's administration. We're talking at like highest levels of government too, like the Department of Agriculture, the Treasury Department, like all sorts of stuff. It's great. Was McCarthy right? Because I've heard this theory a few times that like McCarthyism was the big red scare in America and everyone was like had a communist hiding under the closet. You know, and this is where Hollywood was supposed to be infiltrated by just nonstop communists. And now it's taught in schools of like, this was just a modern day witch hunt. But a lot of like, for example, this authoritarians, like the whole concept of this. Honestly, you kind of, I feel like Jake summed it up with his synopsis of this book that German 19th century socialists created both. <laughs> We're talking about like the, the Prussian system at that point, right? right. right. Well, the, well, if they've beat the Prussian <laughs> Confederacy in like six, 18, six, 1870, right? 1875 is the end of the Prussian Confederacy. And so the German socialists took over at that point. And it's the end of the Livonian Empire. Yeah. There's a lot of dark stuff that came out of Germany. Um, and it's we got because, Fanta though. We did get Fanta out of out of everything. I just want to point that out. There's a silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Almost Fanta's laced with pesticides and high fructose corn syrup, so I'll pass. Yeah. I mean, where are we at with Codex Alimentarius? Because the thing is, you know, one of the things I was thinking when you were in jail and you're saying I want healthy foods, like so do I. You know. So what? What? What are we? Where are we at with like cloned beef and you know making making the world aware of these things? Because the other thing is you got like we're talking about Mockingbird. Is constantly saying you're this uh, QAnon guy who's upset about Trump when really you're talking about the world needs to fix a lot of these subtle problems, right? Yes. Well, our socioeconomic and geopolitical systems are so corrupted and distorted because our spiritual systems and our spiritual perspective has been corrupted and distorted for a very long time. So if you fix the spiritual, then the socioeconomic and geopolitical will mirror that correction. And that's what I intend to do is fix the spiritual so that the socioeconomic and geopolitical will follow suit. But so much of the world, I mean, I think we both agree. We all kind of agree. There's maybe efforts to like a parasitical uh, civilization or some sort of an effort to uh, corrode good, to eat the energy that good provides to destroy. Right. Um, It seems like we're, we're seeing that in praxis. You've got the, we're talking about Codex Alimentarius, an example, like the idea of radiation being, humans and cattle can process it um where what's going on with fighting how are we going to fight a system that's designed to do that i mean the entire world's designed to be evil it's a vampiristic civilization so i'll give you the short answer and then the long one vote with your attention vote with your money (laughs) that's that's how we start right so when you don't buy Monsanto, when you don't buy that processed crap and you instead purchase things that are organic and um, ethically sourced, then you are contributing to a good system and not contributing to a bad. If everybody in the country did that, Monsanto would go out of business and uh, the other good organic companies would thrive and get on the level that Monsanto 
uh, is attempting to stay at. Long term or long answer. The war is for the mind. Okay. And in that sense, it's about governing our thoughts and our emotions, our, our hearts, and steering humanity toward a destiny that is controlled by less than 1% of the population. So first, we have to create a new mental model of reality. Um, if you look at every evolutionary leap that has been made throughout human history, there has been great social or environmental pressures that have mounted on top of the individual or the tribe and that it has made life very difficult. But lo and behold, these social and environmental pressures create windows of opportunity in space and time. And usually either self-selected individuals or self-selected groups of individuals discover a new mental model. They, they understand a new mental model of reality. They create a new tool or they have a new form of behavior. They create a new form of behavior that allows them to circumvent those social and environmental pressures and not, not just survive, but to thrive in those social and environmental pressures. So they walk through this window of opportunity and they do so with the new tool, the new mental model, or the new form of behavior. In many cases, they actually go hand in hand with each other. And then the tribe sees that this person is thriving. They're not just surviving, they're thriving. And then they start to adopt the new mental model, the new tool into their day-to-day -day lives, the new form of behavior, and then they too thrive. It changes the mind and it changes the dialogue in the tribe. So that they evolve, they adapt, whether it be discovering fire or it be discovering the laws of physics or discovering the way that we can use machines to get more work done more quickly. Um, the information age, the invention of computers. Think about how all of these things are based on new mental models, new tools and new forms of behavior that cause us to evolve as individuals and as a species. So the current system is one that is of full spectrum dominance. That is a military term. And it means controlling, first of all, the minds of a population through psyops, psychological warfare techniques and propaganda. Then from there, once you have the minds of the population controlled, you can then control the land, the seas, the air and the airspace. You're able to control subterranean, deep underground military bases, the minerals in the ground, um, extraterrestrial space and satellites. Um, you're able to control chemical and biological agents, chemical weapons, biological weapons. You're also able to control technology, cell phones, cell phone towers, radio, computers, televisions, smart TVs, um, satellites. Total you're also able to control the food supply. You're able to control the medical apparatus. You're able to control the currency. This is full spectrum dominance. So what we have to realize is that that full spectrum dominance system is being maintained by what? A couple of things. Number one, the propaganda apparatus that we call the mockingbird media. Number two is the legal apparatus 
that creates like the non-disclosure agreements, the security clearances, et cetera, and the laws that preserve the full spectrum dominant system and go after anyone that threatens it. Um, also, there's the added you know, factor of our tax dollars being siphoned through the legal system. And then there's also the corporate structures that are like interlocking stones that create these walls of vertically integrated, uh, what is called a vertically integrated messaging apparatus. Um, it's basically where from the top down, whether it be corporations or banks or the government, they control the messaging that gets out to the people and they create these social identities that they hand to people and that people pick for themselves. But it is a socially engineered construct created by this system of full spectrum dominance that people choose to adopt because they don't know who or what they are. Um, and in doing so, their their destiny is hijacked. Their heart path is hijacked. So it's about taking this back one mind at a time. That's why my book is called One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion. And the deep state is one of illusions. All of this stuff is an illusion. And one mind at a time, human beings are placed in a deep state of illusion where they buy the illusions created by the deep state. So it is a mass hypnosis. And we just have to wake up from it. We have to create a new mental model. We have to use new tools, things like Nikola Tesla's Tesla Towers, infinite free clean wireless energy, zero point energy engine, which, by the way, you know, Salvador Pius filed for the patent. Donald Trump declassified it in 2020. The TR3B, the anti-gravity or inertia propulsion craft that once again, Salvador Pius filed for Donald Trump declassified in 2020. Um, Dr. Rife, that's Royal Raymond Rife, R-I-F-E, and his machine and the way it was used with uh, using frequencies to destroy disease and improve human health. Um, similar to how you can destroy a wine glass with sound and frequency, you can also destroy cancer cells or viruses or fungi or, or parasites in the body with sound and frequency. So we're going to have to get you on tools. with Bernie at some point for the real science episode. I didn't know you knew all about the Rife stuff. This is great. Yeah. Shout out to Matt Please. from uh, yeah. Rife Technology. Shout out to Matt Rife. Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I don't agree with everything Matt says. I'm no. just going to say that right here and now. Um, <laughs> But the, the memes lately have been like extra spicy too. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't agree uh, with a lot of what he says, but the machine that he makes, I have one, it works. There so, you, you know, don't throw out the baby with the bathwater here. Uh, the machine works. I Bro, wish Rife is legit. his responsibility to humanity a little more seriously and just focus on the Rife machine as opposed to memeing about the Holocaust. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying that recently. Like, oh, my, oh Lord. Okay. I haven't been paying attention to everything. Clearly. I missed that one. Again, we got Fanta out of the whole ordeal. I just want to always throw that silver lining. Out. Well, yeah, just but, there. but dude, we also got bear and IG Farben and Monsanto and you numbers know, like also, serial numbers. Yeah. Are you saying yeah. you like to do your own weeding versus just spraying a little bit of pop, pop, pop and it's gone. I mean, come on. Yeah. Are you, he's from, he's sorry. He's from Florida. He doesn't know about roundup. <laughs> birth rates well dude dropping. florida florida produces 80 percent of the of the nation's roundup yeah did you know that <laughs> You're welcome, yeah we used to produce sugar too until uh, the freaking uh, corn uh, crops took it over 
Yeah, you also have cancer rates. I'm not saying what they are because this is internet, but you do have them, you know. But okay, um, in terms in terms of giving people like military grade steroids, which were intended to make super soldiers that accidentally killed them, and they found out would make better weed killers. Um, that <laughs> that sums up, I think, kind of the problem of optics. And what one of the things that we're seeing is, you know, for instance, when people look at, I saw this the other day. Pizzagate, QAnon, and the Epstein list, why the far right obsessed with, with sex trafficking. I mean, because it exists? What do we, well, I don't know. I wanted to ask you, what did you think about this? What, just, did you well, hear I didn't that one? I see the article, but, you know, one thing I noticed about all these people that debunk Pizzagate or, you know, say QAnon is a conspiracy theory and all that crap is a lot of them are getting busted for crimes against children. Or yeah. child pornography. So, um, you know, there's the producers over at CNN that got busted for either child porn or soliciting sex from children. Yeah. Um, there's also that dude. I think it was I forgot his name. The guy over at ABC. I think it was ABC. He he got busted for soliciting sex from children, child sex trafficking. Um, he was a Pizzagate debunker. Um, well, but now we're, also, just, we're just know, cherry picking like the top 50 people that got caught in or 150. Exactly. Well, let's, you know, I mean, let's well, look at Jeffrey Epstein, for God's sake. <laughs> you can't. You know, like, I don't know where he is. I, <laughs> I'm sure he's happy wherever he is. Uh, well, I, and then when we look at all the people that went to his island, the way that doctors and scientists were actually some of his most regular clients, not just on his island, but in his mansions in New York or his ranch in New Mexico or any of his number of other properties. Right. Um, and then we look at the way that science and medicine have merged to create things like COVID-1984 and the mRNA jabs and things like CRISPR technology and all that stuff, the way the universities are involved, the way that communists infiltrated the universities a long time ago. Um, all of these things are, uh, they're glaringly obvious for anybody that's doing their own research and thinks for themselves. But, but the, K through 12 and especially college system has created obedient workers, not free thinkers. Right. I mean, you were talking about neuro-linguistic programming earlier. I'm thinking about like trigger words, like even before the election happened, the the talks of peaceable, uh, peaceful transfer of power, right? So that it was insinuated in the mind of the media that there would be a transfer of power, this kind of idea. And no one take no one takes that. And they say, you're the one that's looking at, at trigger words. I don't know. It kind of weirds me out. Um, well, yeah. And then QAnon is a trigger word for many people. Think about it. Right. Yeah. You know, what did the media do? First of all, there is no QAnon. There's Q and then there's the anons that follow Q. However, the media could not say who is Q? What is Q? What is this Q thing? Because then the people that are watching their television their programming are going to go and look into Q. But if they say QAnon, this is what QAnon is, then they control the narrative. And then what do they do below that QAnon label that they created? They put other labels, conspiracy theorists. They put other labels like white supremacist. They put other labels like um, uh, things like uh, um, right wing extremists, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who's playing so Titanic right now? <laughs> Oh yeah, that's the okay, uh, that's sorry. the clock over here. <laughs> if you look, 
if you look into the story like of Titanic, a Dave Chappelle reference, keep going, please. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I should turn that off, but um, okay. it's a grandfather clock like thing that my grand my grandparents got. Honestly, my it goes with Star Trek Q. Keep going, it makes sense. But you were gonna say, oh, something I about, dig it. Did you have a thing about the Titanic? Because like I'm fine with that too. Well, no, I was just going to say that, you know, if you look into the story of the Titanic and the three international bankers that were on it. Yeah. And, and the one who paid for it and wasn't. Well, have you, and, have and you heard the gold the fact that they, were, they were opposing the installation of the Federal Reserve and they just so happened to die on the Titanic. I think that it was a cover. I think that it was a cover for their assassinations. Crazy, and really? Just kidding. I mean, JP Morgan. I'm just saying, he, like, like, that's how they do things. Dude, the story. Crazy. Did you guys look into that fictional book about the Titan that came out several years before the Titanic? It was called Futility is the name of the book. The, there was a, yeah, there's the boat. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. I was just kidding. <laughs> Have you heard of the gold smelting theory on the Titanic? No, that that the, this the the actual fact is that they had an engine room that was on fire for like three days straight, even as they were going into different ports and getting ready to pick everybody up. Like no one was like, "Hey, let's let's put this fire in engine room." I think it was like thirteen out. Um, and the the conspiracy theory aspect is that they intentionally did that because they were smelting gold. That they had like cars made of gold. They had bedposts that were all made of gold. So as they went out into international waters, they have this this boiler room that's on fire to smell gold, and they bring it out into the very cold waters to counteract that. And they just that engine room being on fire for so long weakened the hull of the ship and maybe caused that. Or maybe they got rammed by a, a U-boat. That one's up in the air. But I love this idea because that also explains why all of the boats that would have saved people were gone because they had used those to smuggle the the smelting gold operation off to fund the federal reserve. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, this is the thing I, I am totally comfortable with saying, I don't know. Yeah. But one thing I do know is that the story we're given on pretty much everything is bullshit. Yeah. That's one thing I know for sure. I bet you that the hearts diamonds connected somehow now though. They didn't, they, they, they throw in pieces. They don't uh, unnecessary data like that. You know, that's what they do. Um, okay. But with human trafficking, it is a huge problem. It's getting worse. I feel like I see it getting worse and people are ignoring it more. And the, I don't know if it's a general consensus, but there is, like we said, there's a group of people that don't go outside and they just watch the internet. Um, they don't they don't see things the same way i mean is it possible that how important is it you think that you actually like went physically i mean this is the whole thing is because you went physically to dc right you were outside how important is it for people to interact outside of the metaverse mockingbird it's essential like i also went to hollywood for the child live matter uh child lives matter rally um in 2020 and i'll tell you right now the the dense vibratory nature, the low frequencies that existed in Hollywood also existed in DC. Totally. Um, it was, you could cut it with a knife, dude. It was very low. It was like, it was like a, a spider web, you know, um, sticky 
very, very like nefarious, dark vibes, you know. You have to kill a beast and you have to wear their hide on your feet just to cross Hollywood. Honestly, it's one of those places. Well, they just they stab it with their steel and knives, but they just can't kill the beast. Right. When I lived in Hollywood, there was like a story, right, that the where the Hollywood sign is, there was like an invocation ritual at some point because the natives used to call it like a hellmouth, And they said, like, all sorts of spirits pour into it. And so you would bring baggage to the hellmouth, but that they turned it inside out to make it like a broadcasting point. Uh, even before radio, when they were just kind of into seances and everything else like that. Well, that's part of why they have these buildings on ley lines. Right. It's about hijacking the vortexes in these ecosystems and then using them as portals to dark dimensions. Um, If you want, you could look at like the Vatican, the London Palace, Washington, D.C., Hollywood, um, most of the capitals across the United States, most of the capitals across the world, for that matter, almost like. They have a like they have a satanic pentagram in them and energy is just being sucked in human energy. Our souls, like the life of the planet is being sucked in. And what is being brought into the world is evil and it's creating an environment for evil forces to thrive and for good forces to dwindle away. Can we use the can we like invert the negativity of these temples? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, i'm working on it <laughs> jacob uh, i think Isabel, i was in dc you know jacob Just, isbell's nodding his head down there because he's been all about this idea that the temples need to be in the ley lines need to be fixed. what are you thinking about that jacob well, down there so I'm, I'm hearing a lot of similarities and, and i don't mean to change that subject from what you asked me andres but like here's what i'm thinking jake how much similarity do you see between your journey and the old testament prophets and and the two part kind of how does it relate to you recognizing what your mission is? Um, a lot of similarities in particular with like Moses or Daniel or David. Um, how I view it in context, like, okay, we're going through a change of the age from Pisces to Aquarius, right? Now, as the ages change, God sends what some people will call bodhisattvas, other people call prophets, some people call masters, ascended masters, um, rishis, yogis, shaman, saints, sages. They're all different labels for essentially the same thing. And these individuals have souls that have reincarnated on this planet over and over and over and over and over again to raise the vibratory frequency of the collective human consciousness. So we may ascend into higher dimensions and higher uh, levels and realms of spiritual understanding. Um, I don't know what that is. What's that? Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Sorry. Cause you're talking about the reincarnation thing and we've been really jiving on this idea. Cause like apparently the ancient, uh, Old Testament Jews, they believed in a, a reincarnation, which I hadn't heard about before. And they believe in like there's like 613 parts of the soul that reincarnate, which really kind of plays into this idea of the Bodhisattvas that you kind of have to lock yourself into. You go ahead. Sorry. Well, let me throw. No, that's fine. Um, well, I mean, Jesus in the Gnostic texts and in many of the texts that were banned from the canon of the Bible, 
uh, the 22 other gospels, Jesus spoke of reincarnation as well. So um, it's reincarnation is physics. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually have a video on my Rumble account, Yellowstone Wolf AZ, and it's also on my on my X profile, my Twitter profile called God is Real and Reincarnation is Physics. It's in my highlights. Yellowstone Wolf um, MV? On AZ. AZ. All one word. Yellowstone Wolf AZ on Rumble. All one word. Um, but reincarnation is physics. Energy can't not be created nor destroyed. It can simply change forms. And we are energy masquerading as human beings. Yeah, that's the one right there. But yeah, that one right there, the understanding the enemy strategy, that's everything you need to know when it comes to politics. Um, the one that was below it, just take the red pill, was one that I did um, in, uh, I think, t- late 2018. And it has it has everything that you need to know. Like literally everything that you need to know is in take the, just take the red pill. Um, if you go back and you can check, yeah, that one right there, it's five and a half hours, but I'm telling you, it's you found the right audience. <laughs> we'll watch this. Yeah. Right? It's everything you need to know. Um, then if you go back uh, and you scroll down a little bit, you'll find the God is real. And re- that one right there, God is real and reincarnation is physics. That one's four hours. But anyway, um, it's good stuff, man. You know, and it talks about harmonics. It talks about the uh, sacred geometric structure of the universe, how everything is basically a fractal of uh, these larger geometric patterns, how energy travels from higher dimensions into lower dimensions and how this it, actually it plays a part in the reincarnation process. So, yeah, it's it's great stuff. And it's all there. I'm stoked. Um, I'm excited to watch all this. Yellowstone. Wolf yeah, check it here. out, man. I'll put this tag and this link in the description for everybody as well. But guys, make sure you look for Yellowstone Wolf AZ. I'll also post this immediately just so you guys can have it in the uh, comments right here. So there's Yellowstone Wolf AZ. Look for that all over Instagram and Rumble and you can find his videos. Plus, the I description to answer below. your question, Jacob. Um, throughout the, the millennia, throughout the ages, what has happened is that it's almost like there's forces that are unconscious versus forces that are conscious. There's angelic versus demonic. The demonic is the unconscious. The angelic is the conscious. And these forces of darkness, you know, versus light, um, their d- illusion versus truth. These are cosmic forces that play themselves out on our planet because as above, so below. It's a, we are a mirror for the cosmos. We're the mirror for the quantum realm and for God. So um, how I view myself in all of this is similar to Horus casting out Set, Moses defeating in, uh, Pharaoh and casting out the evil in Egypt, um, Jesus casting out Satan. Uh, there's been a number of different ways that this has occurred throughout history. I believe in the, uh, in the Sumerian tradition, it's Marduk casting out Tiamat. Um, lo and behold, these cycles of energy are reliable. They are like a clock. They, they just happen when it's time. The, 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 the clock goes off, the alarm sound, you know? Um, yep, there it is. 
So there is a deceiver and then there is a prophet or a truth teller. And when the deceiver is cast out by the prophet or the truth teller, what ends up happening is that the veils are lifted and consciousness is raised and a lack of consciousness is purged and humanity becomes more conscious than they were before. And with each of these new ages, you get a more and more conscious humanity. And I just think my role in that is like that of the Bodhisattva or, you know, the, the prophet, the, you know, the sage, the, the shaman, which is to bring to society, guess what? You're living in an illusion. This is a social construct. This is a cultural paradigm. This isn't real reality. This is real reality over here. And if you don't get in line with this, you're not going to make it. Tell me the not going to make it part as you understand it. Not going to make it. Because I think about uh, nations rising and falling. There's a lot of history regarding that. When you say not going to make it, what do you understand? So negative timelines follow individuals that produce negative karma. And what I mean by that is that individuals that are contributing to the mass extinctions on the planet that are contributing to ecocide that are enabling a process that is enslaving humanity while at the same time consuming consuming toxic chemicals and mind altering substances that subvert their consciousness they're they're not going to live very long <laughs> you know like what do you think was going to happen you're you're literally drinking water filled with fluoride and chlorine and lead you're you, we're allowing the skies to be sprayed with barium and aluminum um, you're put, literally putting aluminum underneath your armpits every time you put on deodorant or, uh, you know, antiperspirant. You Some of you are. Consuming, consuming pesticides in your food, genetically modified organisms, taking an mRNA uh, experimental product. It's not even a vaccine. I, I hesitate to call it that. Um, that's going to alter your DNA. Um the, the being bathed in these frequencies all the time, getting text neck, looking at your phone. Like, I mean, people literally walked into traffic because they're looking at their phones. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to live very long if you live within that system, because yeah. it is a system of death and decay, of destruction and war, of famine and chaos, of fear and disease. So there's those who have set themselves up to be powerful, wealthy, influential, and they're looking to speciate because, well, those who are staring at their phones, who are not looking into the poisons that they're eating. What do you find morally wrong if they're just speciating, if they're just, well, those who are dumb enough to live that kind of lifestyle and and end their line? It's not just moral. Did you hear about the back pain, uh, the neck thing? I don't know. (laughs) There's a lot of physical consequences because in other words, I do know that there some of the things that, that I that I consider. There are those who think about chickens from the time that they're from the egg to where they're going to turn into something to where down to the 10th of a penny. They know how much money they're going to get from the plumage, from the meat, from any other parts. And they know how much that it costs. There are those who view the human species as that right now, and they don't have any moral qualms with, well, these people are dumb. And we're better. And so what words would you have for them to where we're just doing, we're just using the gifts that we've been given to set up 
our thing here on the earth where there's going to be a permanent servant class? Well, I would say that it's black magic. It's death magic. They are using illusions because if they allowed these individuals access to real information and real education, as opposed to creating a system that subverts the individual and inhibits spiritual and mental growth. Um, if they weren't doing that, then I would say that, okay, I understand. I, I have at least a more of an understanding of where you're coming from, but they don't do that. What they're doing is intentionally creating stupid people so that they can control them. Now there's the whole thing of like, well, predictive programming, you know, all the information's out there. If you don't look into it and you're dumb enough to say, get the vaccine jab and your DNA is altered for the rest of your life and you get blood clots or, you know, you get myocarditis or whatever, then that's on you, dude. You know, you should have looked into it. If you do, just reminding people, you might not. And YouTube. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good luck putting this at all. Right. You Good got luck putting this on YouTube. I'm just going to let you know. I'm no worry about it. Have, I'm just going to do my best. You know, I might okay, just say, I'm just telling you, people have gotten their accounts strikes. They've gotten their accounts banned on YouTube for I know, just it's election stabbing season. me I know. on their program. I know. So doing. I'm just giving you a fair warning. Um, the best, though. I always try. No, I hear you. Uh, but case in point, dude, is that what I say to those people that think that they're intellectually or or genetically superior is you're not. It's it's. It's an illusion. It's self-deception of the highest realm because the thing is really smart people don't need or want to subvert others. Only psychopaths want to do that. And you could say that psychopaths are, you know, in some cases uh, smarter because they're in that sense, they're kind of like predatory. Not but inhibited. what's that? They're, def- they're definitely not inhibited the way that you and I are. Well, through through emotions and morals. But the thing is, is that at the end of the day, they are acting as parasites, not as predators. And I have no real worry. I mean, I'll, I'll catch and release a fly. But if a mosquito comes near me, I clap it out of the air. Um, mosquitoes spread disease. Um they're the most deadly insect really out there on the planet. They're, they're actually responsible for more deaths than any other living creature on the planet is other than humanity. But I think that Kings emperors tyrants have told themselves what these, you know, psychopaths are telling themselves right now for decades, for millennia that, you know, that they are intellectually and genetically superior and everybody else needs to be ruled by them. But anytime you do that, what happens? Everybody suffers. And in, and that even includes the king or the emperor or the tyrant because the tyrant suffers because all they have is the illusion of control. Once that illusion fades, then they clamp down even harder to create that, reinforce that illusion in their minds and everybody else suffers. So either way, it's an illusion. I'm liking it. I just want to squeeze this one in because there's not great other opportunities, but you were mentioning frequencies and how like we're being inundated by all these, you know, type like negative. Do you have a position on 432 Hertz versus 440 Hertz? 
I need, to, right. I need to hear this because I'm about to start recording some music and I don't want to set this up wrong. Yeah. If you look at the cymatic frequency or the cymatic pattern rather that's associated with those frequencies, then it becomes evident. It becomes self-evident that 432 is a harmonic frequency and 440 is out of harmony with the natural system. Uh, Nikola Tesla once said, if you want to think of, if you, if you, Want to understand the secrets of the universe? Think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Well, cymatics is a is the science you know of understanding energy, frequency, and vibration, and how it relates to the physical world. And free geometry, yeah, geometry. Yes, exactly. And so, as human beings, we are cymatic patterns of energy. Our chakras or our vortex systems uh, are cymatic patterns of energy manifesting as specific organs and glands in the body that regulate the much larger vortex, the much larger uh, cymatic pattern of human consciousness and our access to the omnipresent creator. Anything that seeks to take you out of that is not for your own good. And Similar to how modern pop culture has been hijacked and turned to 440 hertz, so too have other apparatuses like propaganda on the television, television shows, the news, etc. All these things are um, inlaid, they're piggybacked with um, inaudible frequencies that affect the subconscious mind, but the conscious mind cannot perceive. And... If you also parallel that with the fact that we're existing within a, um, yeah, there you go. That's the one. If you, if you parallel that with the fact that we are currently using a calendar that was created by the Romans for taxation purposes and that it actually is not in sync or uh, aligned with the natural cycles of energy, the moon cycles, the sun cycles, the earth cycles, the cosmic cycles then we have been systematically taken out of reality, out of objective reality. We're given a false sense of time. We're given a false sense of, uh, of like music. Cause normally all before all shamanic music was in tune. It was harmonic. Obviously our pop culture is not harmonic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So all of these aspects that have allowed humanity to perpetuate its own existence have been hijacked by this, um, vertically integrated messaging apparatus by this deep state propaganda machine and is churning out stuff that reinforce the full spectrum dominant system and therefore human slavery and negative timelines. I just retuned my guitar. That's what I want to hear. You saw that, right? This is what it looks like now. You fixed it. That's I the did. point. I did. Well, I, I find like, because I'm, I'm, you mentioned in that I'm a lover of music from my very young ages. There was a time when I was an active traveling bum musician. And I find myself, I, I've, I've had spiritual experiences these past few years, which have made it so I can't stand most music. I can't stand most music that would show up uh, on on a YouTube feed or uh, I don't even tune into the corporate radio anymore. I just can't stand it. Even though I love music, I've it's been such a integral part of my life, but yeah, I just retuned the thing. If you want well, to now think about this, well, now think about this. The music that is being made is in many cases made to make money, 
not make a difference. Most of the music these days is a prepackaged product created through artificial sounds and soundboards. Very rarely is it real instruments anymore, um, digital computers and stuff. Um, and in many cases, the modern music that we're dealing with is as fake as fast food. It is a prepackaged product. And in many cases, they actually go hand in hand because the pop stars are doing commercials for what? Fast food or, you know, cell phone companies that are using frequencies to control people's minds, et cetera. So it is a much larger machine. It is a soulless machine. I'm looking up who wrote the jingle. <laughs> Neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, so someone was asking about like what you think about some other things. Like, what do you think about Tart? Have you heard of Tartaria? What do you think about Tartaria? I don't buy it, not fully. Really? Um, fully yeah. I do believe that there was a civilization on this planet that understood infinite, free, clean, wireless energy. I think the pyramids are evident of that. Um, especially when we get into things like you know the water or the moats or the lakes of, or like mercury in some cases underneath these, in these, uh, these buildings. Um, I do think it's rather weird that they removed all the bells though. That is very strange, especially when we get into the way that harmonic frequencies have the capability of banishing evil spirits. Right. Um, I also think that it's really interesting the way that a lot of the ancient churches had cymatic patterns uh, in their, you know, architecture, as well as themselves being echo like chambers or, or like harmonic chambers. And many of them were built on ley lines. Um, but this notion that like there was a mud flood and, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, our history was erased and there was an infinite free, clean wireless energy system a couple hundred years ago. I just I think that it's misinformation. I think yeah, that it's that true level, information combined with false information to yeah. create a misinformation narrative that anybody that looks into infinite, free, clean, wireless energy gets misguided. They get lured out onto a limb that makes this infinite, free, clean, wireless energy stuff seem like outlandish and crazy. Yeah, it's sad. I've been looking around. I feel like the Tartaria thing has been hijacked and it looks pretty bad. You know, a lot of that information, like the way I asked you, I didn't mean it to be about those things. I'm glad you qualified that because I think a lot of people have turned it into, um, you know, a, a completely different thing than it originally was. But that the way you fundamentally are talking about a civilization that was able to use free energy had access to bells. I think that's the more concrete and fundamental point of that. Um, well, on the other side of that Tartarian coin, though, what about flat earth, infinite land? Do you have any opinions on that? Bullshit. Both? Bullshit. The earth's not flat. The earth is what is called a spherical geodesic. It is a series of interlocking triangles that create a spherical shape. And the spherical geodesic is comprised of numerous different ley lines, electromagnetic lines that form triangles all over the planet. Some triangles converge to create much larger vortices within certain ecosystems, things like the Bermuda Triangle, the Devil's Sea, stuff like that. Others are smaller uh, conversions of these triangles, things like 
for example, Washington, D.C. or the Vatican or the London Palace, et cetera. Yeah, there it is. Spherical geodesic. Out of respect for Travis, Travis is blasphemy. I love you, Travis. All right, keep going. We're, we're just talking That's about fine. Epcot. At this point, <laughs> isn't this isn't this the Epcot ball? It's Epcot also Koresh. It's also Koresh. Well, you know, Epcot, Walt Disney World, the big uh, Future World ball. Oh. Yeah, it's a geodesic dome, but also uh, it's like Koresh Teed's model, right? Um, of triangles, like geodesic. Do you think there's a hollow Earth? You think there's something going on underneath the surface? Yeah, I yes. So perfect. <laughs> to a certain extent, there's a lot of theories that the Earth has a molten core of iron and nickel and all that stuff, right? And then there's the mantle and then the crust. But from what I understand, at the center of the Earth is not a molten core. It's actually a plasmic core that is almost like there's like a second sun at the center of the Earth. And um, it is creating the electromagnetic field around the planet. It is what is called a vector equilibrium, uh, which is basically like the seal of Solomon, the star of David uh, pattern, except three dimensional, two pyramids within one another. Right. Um, It creates a stable structure in the dimensions of space and time. And it's because two equally powerful forces are colliding and then they're rotating around each other endlessly, creating a clockwise circle or a clockwise spiral going up and a counterclockwise spiral going down. And then that's where you get the the toroidal field or the electromagnetic field and its polarities. So the Earth, I think, is more likely... This notion of hollow earth, we have to definition match here, you know, because what one person thinks is hollow earth, another person thinks is, you know, something else. Um, So when I say hollow earth, what I mean is that at the core of the planet is not molten iron or or ore or nickel, that in fact, what it is, is a plasmic vortex, a yeah. massive plasmic vortex that illuminates the areas around it. Like and this is where we get into like ancient legends about like underground civilizations existing in the earth where like they're lit up by like a, a bioluminescent light. Um, there's supposedly like in Russia, I think there was one that was had a blue light coming out of it. Like a, like an underground area that had like a blue light that that coming out of it. There was one I think it was in the Amazon or somewhere in the Americas. I think that um, had a green light coming out of it. There was another one that had a yellow light coming out of it. Um, these are ancient legends, and so I mean, the, at the end of the day, without like empirical evidence, I can't say one way or the other. But what I can say is my theories and how my theories have been turned into experiments and how my experiments have gone splendidly based on my theories. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've been to Lake Titicaca. I think what you're talking about is like in Titicaca, south of um, the Amazon, but still South America. And, you know, regardless, it's the craziest ancient aliens-esque temple that you can find in South America. And these crazy giant stones are slit together that are bigger than you can find at the pyramids. So at least something interesting happens at the location that they have. Well, that and, legend, and, right? and they had to go up a vertical fucking cliff to get there. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I like that they did that. Um, how do you feel about Box Saga? Are you familiar with Box Saga? 
No. No. Okay. We do this horrible thing where if someone <laughs> commands for the bo- how do you feel about death metal? Are you okay with metal music at all? If you look into um look into uh Dr. Emoto and his yeah. work with water and look at what metal, what what heavy metal does to water as far as like, you know, music. Look, dude. Isn't that the dude that named it after they froze it, though? Like, they froze it first, then they looked at it, and then they were like, that one looks like metal. Where's the heavy metal one? Heavy metal music? Is that bad? That doesn't look so great. That's true. Yeah. It looks pretty wild, actually. Yeah, I don't know. But right, was yeah, it, so look at it like this. If, practice was they 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 recorded it first, then they looked at the pictures, and then they said, "Oh, that one's nasty and jaggy. That must have been metal. That couldn't have been low." No, no, no. What it is is that they lined up these water bottles. I don't know, Brittany. And then, like, they would say taped a word to it, or they played music for it, or whatever. And they had these labels on it, and then they took a drop out of each of these bottles and they froze it. And then they looked at it under a microscope to analyze the geometric structure of uh, the the molecular structure, rather, of the geometry of the water. And what they came to find was that the low frequency stuff, the polluted water, things like, uh, you know, bad words or bad vibes, you know, heavy metal music, they all had a similar kind of like, eh, Yeah, I have a weird to. thing about that, though, like, because I feel like saying all heavy metal music, you know, is that really, like, true? Because a lot of heavy metal music, a lot of the people I know make heavy metal music are wonderful people, right? Do you know anybody? Well, I'm not makes- saying they're bad. I'm but not like, saying they're bad. But isn't the music affecting, isn't, like, the fruit of the tree? Yes, believe yeah. it or not. Um, so uh, put it like this. I met a lot of people in my time that are really into like, like I, I had a friend that was really into Slayer, mm-hmm. right? Pretty angry dude. Yeah. Always looking on the negative side. That doesn't mean that his heart is bad. He was like a really nice guy. He'd give me the shirt off his back if he could. But every time I hung out with him, he was always negative about stuff. He was always pointing at all the things that he didn't like. He was always complaining about things. He was also very overweight. He, um, his diet was shit. He was a chain smoker. Um, so there's all of these things where it's like, you know, and I'm not saying everybody that, but like, good luck finding like a person that is like spiritually healthy, uh, mentally, emotionally, physically healthy and listens to Slayer. I mean, yeah. they literally have but is it the, exactly, but oh, is sorry, it, I'm already taking everybody. I'm already taking. Is it? But is it the? Is it the metal or is it the Slayer? Because I feel like you with metal, you have all these uh, British kids who were forced to do classical music, and then they end up making satanic metal. But it's not that all metal has to be satanic. They literally are. It's Slayer that's satanic, right? Or is it not that way? Well, yeah. Really so, like, you know, Creed's good. I wouldn't call them metal. <laughs> You know, but like some people might say that Tool is metal. I love Tool, but yeah, if okay. you look, if you look at Tool's math, the structure, the mathematical structure of Tool's music, if you look at the harmonic uh, choices that they make as far as their music is concerned, the lyrics to them, that to me is not it's not satanic like freaking Slayer or right. like Guar or not, uh, you know, or. Uh, what the cradle of filth you listen to that music and for me personally i'm just like okay we gotta we gotta can we shut this off you know okay you know what now i do want you on mushrooms now i do want you to listen to 
Now I do want you to hear our box saga. Here's the thing. So we have AI generated art, right? And you see Dolly paintings everywhere. Have you heard an AI generated song yet? No. So here's an AI generated song where we trained it like on metal music, but we made it about box saga and box saga is there was this dude, Bach who wrote about like the ancient world. It's basically a lot of the stuff you're talking about and the lost uh, mythology from like Scandinavia that, you know, the hollow earth and all that, but kind of metal. They love it. Look at them. Look at them grooving. Voices AI generated. Everything they taught you in school are lies. Right? It's going to have a little whittle. This part I love. Come on. This is cute. The build up. All right, I'll admit I wouldn't listen to too oh much aggressive hardcore, but goodness. there's a point to that, which is there's that a time that guy might want to slow down to sing some duets. There's <laughs> there's two reasons I showed you that. Besides one being that someone asked, and there's a thing here where we play AI song if someone asks. One of them is that we talk about MK Ultra. There's this great use of illusion. Can we? You talk about inverting ley lines and temples. Can we invert? the illusion can we invert the chimatics and take these back and make them positive i mean like because that's a big thing i'm trying to do if you've noticed with like the the woo art right do you think that that's a um a lost cause or do you think that it's working well i'm i'm a big believer in spiritual judo you know taking what the enemy meant for evil and using it for good or like taking their momentum and throwing them off balance um look I mean, and it's just my preference. I don't like being screamed at when I'm listening to music. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I have, I have I, better if options. If I can't understand the lyrics, then <laughs> I'm not interested in listening. So it's, but that's my preference. Um, but the thing is, what's interesting about it though, is I really do like, you know, ancient, like, like a uh, Viking music. I like Native yeah. American music. I like tribal that. stuff. And yeah. I can't, I, I don't know the words. I just like the melody and I like the song, you know. It's Bonjour. Um What's that? It's like a mantra, you know, that feeling. Yeah, exactly. I feel you there. So, I mean, but I mean, I like some Metallica. Yeah. So I think this is really interesting because a lot of people were going to think you were going to be a hardcore death metal skinhead who hated America. You know what I mean? And you're like a nice guy and my mom would love you kind of a thing. And so and she'd like, oh, he doesn't like that music either. So I want to ask Jake, Jake, tell me, what's the last song that you found yourself enthusiastically singing along to? Yeah, that's true. Good question. Oh, I really like um, I believe it's called uh, I think it's called dissension by tool i think that's or descending descending by tool i fucking love that song dude the lyrics are so freaking powerful i also really like numa by tool um jombie's really great 
Um, an, anemia is awesome, even though it's kind of the message is kind of dark, you know. Um, but I think I think in particular with like anemia, that song is about being disgusted with Hollywood. It's about being disgusted with Los Angeles and what it had become, the entertainment industry as a whole. Um, but yeah, those are some like I also really like Pink Floyd a lot. Like that's my favorite band. Tool is number two, but Pink Floyd's number one, man. That's based. Um, out of respect for Thomas, he made this song. Uh, it's called uh, Fake Ass January 6th. All right, I can get by that. I feel like as long as it has a good point to it. And it has that the lyric shaman face painting. I like that part. Yeah, too. I like that. I heard that. Um, if you were gonna talk to like so people like my mom who would like otherwise love you, uh, but don't understand what's going on with January sixth, could you cause you're so good at words, do you think you could explain to someone like a mom who is a DNC supporter, what would you say happened and what what would you say to them about like try to give them some data, you know? Or help well let's start with if they're on the left yeah they are for the longest time people on the left have talked about a corrupt department of justice and a corrupt fbi setting up minority communities to commit crimes or entrapping them and uh they've also the left has also been you know an advocate against warfare in general uh, they also believe that there's uh, such a thing as government propaganda and all that stuff. So I would say that to those people, don't think that just because y- the people that you were told to support on the television are in power, that all of a sudden those things have stopped or that all of a sudden the government's benevolent. It's the same people that have been in power for decades. And January 6th was a setup. Okay. It was a setup because, first of all, Donald Trump offered 10 to 20,000 National Guard to Muriel Bowser and to guard the Capitol. And when that was turned down, secondly, Chief Sund, former Capitol Police Chief Sund, was, uh, had his emergency powers to invoke the National Guard at will, revoked a couple of weeks before January 6th by Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell. They voted, they changed the laws. Um, also when chief Sund did request national guard presence, he had to go through Nancy Pelosi. He had to go through Yogananda Pibian. He had to go through, uh, Mitch McConnell and they, he was denied. His written request was denied because it would be bad optics and because there was a lack of evidence. Now that lack of evidence thing, chief Sund testified before Congress that the Pentagon did not tell him that there was going to be over a a dozen known terrorists in the crowd on January 6th. Also, the FBI did not tell them, did not tell Chief Sund anything about what they suspected might happen regarding Proud Boys or Oath Keepers or possible violence at the Capitol. And Yogananda Pittman, the Capitol Police Intelligence Officer at the time, who was supposed to get all this information to Chief Sund, never got it to him. She is a lifelong Democrat. She ascended to that intelligence officer status thanks to people like Nancy Pelosi. And all of this intelligence was suppressed from getting the chief son so that when he did file the paperwork, there would be a lack of evidence. 
for it to take place. Also, you know, people like uh, former Capitol Police Lieutenant Tarek Johnson has come out and said it was a setup. He's also come out and, and uh, said that Capitol Police has become a strong arm for the Democrat Party. There's also Metropolitan Police on camera showing them saying that it was a setup, that, that they were set the fuck up. There's also the... Um, the video evidence where you got somebody that was handcuffed, covered like with a mask and a hat and glasses, handcuffed inside the Capitol. And the police take him over away from the crowd. They undo the handcuffs and then they give him a fist bump. The hell's up with that, right? Um, the police literally shot tear gas and concussion grenades and like pepper bullets and rubber bullets into a peaceful crowd and thus chaos ensued. Um, then afterward, uh, well, and also there's the whole thing with the pipe bomber. There's nothing about the pipe bomber. The person that it, it created the gallows that was brought to the Capitol, there's no arrest there. Um, so it's all it was a setup to be used as a psyop for this insurrection narrative so that they could make sure Donald Trump didn't get on the ballot. And so they could prosecute him in court and so that they could vilify, demonize and imprison Trump supporters and label them domestic terrorists, which, you know, liberals don't like the Patriot Act any more than I do. And it's because of the Patriot Act that your your constitutional rights can be circumvented if you are labeled a domestic terrorist. Okay, so if you look at the Biden administration. It is a clone of the Obama administration. Okay. And if you look at the people that are in DC in these administrations, they're people that have been in Washington for decades. Biden himself was, you know, a senator for like 40 years or something, or he was in government for 40 years before he became uh, vice president and president. So let's break that down for a second. The Democrat side has been talking for 50, 60 years about the need for justice reform, right? The need to reform the prison system, right? Well, the First Step Act that Donald Trump passed in 2018 has been sitting in the United States Congress for 40 freaking years. And the Democrats are coming out there telling their constituents that they they sympathize with the black man. They sympathize with the minority communities that are victims of the justice system. And they're going to do something about prison reform. And they're sitting on a bill that would literally get these people out of jail sooner. They're currently sitting on a bill called the Moores Act, which is actually a legalization of cannabis, a decriminalization of cannabis. They could pass it in the Congress right now. And Biden, who promised that he was going to change all that hasn't done jack shit. He hasn't even mentioned it, but they've sent billions of dollars to Ukraine. They're trying to send billions of dollars. They've already sent billions of dollars to Israel, but they're taking our public money, our tax dollars, and putting it in the private hands of foreign nations to fund foreign wars that act like money laundering machines for these people in Washington, these military industrial complex types, okay? And the Mockingbird media isn't telling them anything about this. So if they look into Operation Mockingbird, look, CIA, guess what? CIA had something to do with the capping of JFK, the Democrats' favorite president of all time, okay? The same deep state, the same shadow government apparatus, what Eisenhower called the military-industrial complex, what JFK called a tightly knit, highly efficient machine, that same machine is 
turning the gears in Washington right now. And they're the ones that engineered January 6th, both the setup and the psyop that ensued afterward. Okay, so let's expand that. Let's say now you're talking to someone who kind of already deep down, kind of subconsciously knows that a little bit. Right. But those They're, are actually the lyrics to the song we just played. Like yeah, by the way, it's weird. It's a karaoke. But if you if you talk to some people, they'll tell you, yeah, actually, they can see how the, what you said is true. But it had to be because Trump was just that bad, right? He was he was so bad, and he was gonna, those uh, those National Guards. They were probably brown shirts, right? They were all just really into Trump. They were the orange hat guys and they were gonna so what would you say to a group of people that thought that all the things you just said all the 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 weaponry against a fair election would have been justified because it had to stop this guy trump who was just so orange man so bad what would you say to that (laughs) look into neuro-linguistic programming look into critical factor bypass, look into mass formation psychosis or mass formation hypnosis we are dealing with a government that has been infiltrated by what Yuri Bezmenov, an ex-KGB agent in charge of psychological warfare or ideological subversion said is a literally a global communist conspiracy. Okay. And he would know he was a part of the Soviet Union. He was like really high up. He was designed, he was employed to destroy the United States from within. You stoked about it. Yeah. So I would say to those people that, they have become demoralized, just like what Yuri Bezmenov was talking about, in that you can present a demoralized generation with evidence, real black and white evidence. You can show them videos. You can show them photographs. You can show them government documents, and they will not believe it because they have become so heavily demoralized, and the information gives them such a cognitive dissonance that they would rather reject the messenger and the message than believe that they have been lied to by the institutions they have been trained to trust. Now, I don't know about you, but the government has, does not does not have a track record that is worthy of trust. You just got to look into things like the Tuskegee experiments. You got to look into things like the radiation experiments on American cities in the 50s and the 60s. Uh, you can look into things like MK Ultra. You can look into things like Project Monarch. You can look thing into things like Operation Artichoke. Um, you can look into things like Project Montauk. Um, and yeah, I mean, you guys, it's... The government is not your friend. And I know that's hard for a lot of people to hear because they want to be able to trust their professors or their politicians or what have you, their, or even their parents and the way their parents raised them to be a Democrat or whatever. Or like, you can't trust the TV. Like, it's at this point a cliche. Oh, you believe what you see on TV? You know, but there are people that really do. And Way back in like the 50s and the 60s, there were people that were calling like the film studio and screaming at them because they wanted to know why it is that the people on Gilligan's Island weren't being rescued. Like that, that was the level of indoctrination that we're dealing with with some of these people today. I, I, they I, believe I, what they see on TV. I, it makes like, me And this of- is the final point I'll make. If the, this person has watched this whole interview, Right. And they started out with a certain opinion of me. And then based on what it is that I've said, 
They've come to find that the opinion that they had of me was a manufactured one based on propaganda. If they lied about me so extensively and so intensely, then what else have they lied to you about for decades? Go ahead, Jacob. I I love what you brought up about people just believing what they see on the TV. It does span the generations where I saw the picture of Spielberg in front of that Triceratops from Jurassic Park and people freaking out because they were told that Spielberg killed that animal. And the exorcist too. They stay dumb, Jake. They do. Well, well, when, when you have a population dumbed down with fluoride and pesticides, frequencies and propaganda, no real education, no real, like, think about it. Is there a critical thinking course in modern schools? No. Why not? (laughs) Well, you you mentioned a couple of times here, Jake, of like the evils of NLP, but I would argue that NLP in some ways is that missing gap of the trivium. It might be the cure. Where we used to teach, you know, uh, grammar, logic, and rhetoric. Well, now we get grammar and they stop and they don't give you logic and don't give you rhetoric. And NLP, in some ways, is that that missing piece of like, okay, now here's rhetoric. The unfortunate part is that we only teach it to politicians, salesmen, and I guess MK Ultra operatives. We don't teach it to kids anymore. Well, look, NLP is a tool. It can be used for good or ill. You can and you can neurolinguistically program yourself to be a critical thinker. You can neurolinguistically program yourself out of the matrix, this death matrix that we're surrounded by out of the full spectrum dominant system, or you can be neurolinguistically programmed to stay in it. This is part of the reason you guys wanted to talk about this. Part of the reason why I think that the psychedelics are illegal is because what, for example, psilocybin mushrooms do is they dissolve syntax. Syntax is what NLP is all about. It's about arranging the story in your brain in a certain way so that you come to the conclusions the government wants you to come to. Psilocybin mushrooms come in and they just decimate all that. And they dissolve syntax and they force the individual to examine reality from an objective perspective beyond the use of words, beyond syntax in a way that is uh, dissolves the ego and forces the individual to address the world as it is for itself. They have to see the world as it is for itself, not as they choose to subjectively perceive it. And if you think about all the billions, if not trillions of dollars, all the time, the energy, the blood, the sweat, the tears that have gone into creating a uh, neurolinguistically programmed mass formation hypnosis psychosis society, a propagandized society, I mean – If all it takes is $50 worth of mushrooms and all that goes away for about six to eight hours, no wonder the government wants that to be illegal. And also think about this. Because people are living in these illusions, right? They are depressed. They're anxious. They're always worried about what's coming up next on the TV because they're eating all this garbage. They feel like crap. They're always depressed. Well, guess what? It just so happens that psilocybin is the most effective thing that they have found pharmacologically that will dissolve anxiety and depression after a single use. A single use. 
Here's the so part where I'm supposed to say, company. but this is not medical information, and that this podcast, blah, dude, blah, 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 dude, they did studies on these things in universities. They've yeah. done peer-reviewed studies, like, like they, they, they put like a, like I think it's called an EKG on somebody's brain, and they analyzed the amount of neural connectivity that is going on in the brain when one is under the influence of psilocybin is phenomenal. You know, it's funny. Phenomenal. I wanted. I wanted to type in mushroom antidepressant. I saw the button maps and I almost just pushed it thinking it was like the multi uh, <laughs> disciplinary association for psychedelic studies. Right. But no, but yeah, no, everybody's doing this. Actually I'm seeing some place like, isn't it legal in Oregon or something now? I think in Oregon you can well, get but Here's the thing. Go hold on, hold on. Look at that headline company developing psilocybin microdosing drug in hopes of FDA approval. Now here's the thing, what they're attempting to do is what they've done with everything else that they find in nature that has, uh, beneficial effects. They're finding a compound in nature. Then they're twisting it around and creating something else that is similar molecularly to that compound so that they can but sell missing it. the soul. Yeah. So when it comes to psilocybin and actually, can you look up a uh, brain on psilocybin really quick? Yeah. When it comes to psilocybin, what's happening is anxiety and depression are cyclical neurological processes. Okay. Um, yeah, go to images real quick. There it is right there. That one right there in the middle or that one on the left, one or the other. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yeah, that one. Okay. There you go. So what that is, is that the one on the right is the neuroconnectivity of the brain when psilocybin is in the system. The one on the left is a sober brain. Okay. So if anxiety and depression are based on repetitive and cyclical neurological patterns repeating themselves over and over and over again, creating more anxiety, creating more depression. Then when you ingest psilocybin and you get all of this neural connectivity, it disrupts those cyclical patterns in the brain. And it disrupts them so much so with such intensity that it literally like gives a it cognitive could. shock that lifts the person out of anxiety and depression. It could. Because when the brain settles back down, those cyclical patterns are no longer there. And, and I wanted to bring up early years, by the way. when we brought this up early on, my, I wanted to ask from, I guess, a, a shaman themselves, because um, I'm endlessly fascinated about like people draw this line in the sand, like if I go to a spiritual journey in Peru and I go and I do the ayahuasca retreat and like they're chanting around me and I do the fasting and everything. How different is that from like, I just go and grab a DMT vape cart from someone at the docks and, you know, vape away while I'm playing like Grand Theft Auto. Is there, are we talking oh, worlds of difference or worlds of difference? It's a tool. Okay. So you can use a hammer to build a house or you can use a hammer the way that dude used it on Paul Pelosi. Okay. Either way, it's just a tool. The hammer is not to blame. The person wielding it is the person to blame, okay? So I've met people that abuse psychedelics, but anything, cheeseburgers, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, coffee, cigarettes, sex, they can all be abused, okay? It's not the, the substance, it's the person. Now, when it comes to something like, oh, the difference between a retreat with the shaman in the rainforest, 
versus somebody tripping balls as they're playing Grand Theft Auto in the living room. I would say one is a use and one is a misuse. One is abuse and one is strategic spiritual use. Um, I think that when it comes to things like smoking, dimethyltryptamine, while well, you're good luck playing Grand Theft Auto, you know. Right, I mean, but, I, but I think uh, of the gatekeeping of like the Catholic Church, where it's like, no, 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 no. We know how God wants to talk to you. Like, follow these rules. He doesn't want you to vape and play GTA. He wants you to go onto a canoe and like lay down well, on. I understand you know, like what you're saying, dude. But let me ask you this: Have you ever had a really, really intense psychedelic experience before? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, uh, what's what was the substance? It was probably mushrooms. It was, it was okay, what's the amount? Oh Jesus, seven, five to seven okay. grams. Okay, a We're whole bag. Okay. I didn't know what I was now, doing. Okay, now sure. it's so funny. This song is playing. I don't know if you guys can hear the circus-like music playing in the background, but it reminds me of that scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, <laughs> where they're in Bazooko Circus and they're tripping balls on mescaline, and his attorney starts getting the fear. You know, and then he the asked, lizard you know, that weights, what's that? <laughs> They're lizard people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or that was acid. But I'm oh. talking about Bazooko Circus where, you know, he's he's on the merry-go-round and he's trying to get off. What's it going to stop? Stop it. You know, and he's like freaking out and holding on to the bar as it's going around, you know? Yeah. Um, And so. They don't jive well. Well, no. And so the thing is about psychedelics, set and setting are vital and anybody that's playing grand theft auto tripping balls in their living room is it's almost like using a guitar to dig a hole in the ground well could i could i invert that and say that you go to the the you know the peruvian rainforest and you go through the ritual but then inside that gazebo you flick on a gta 6 and you play it there versus (laughs) you go back home and you've got like the perfect set and setting, but you're using a vape pen. Like I guess I'm trying to, to figure out like the, the I don't think GTA I don't think GTA oh, so six look, is the look, answer look. to ascension. Look, you don't know that though. True. You, no, none of us look, know that. The thing is, is what you gotta remember about the stuff that happens in the Amazon is that there is a process that an individual goes through before the ingestation of these sacred sacraments. And that process is essential to ensure the highest level of spiritual growth. If you're concentrating on Grand Theft Auto while you're twiddling your thumbs and doing so because it has pretty colors and you know cool stuff around, then you are, in my opinion, misusing the tool. Because yeah. what you're supposed to do is do things like prayers and fasting for two to three days before you go there. And when you go there, you're supposed to, what I do is I, I would always put earplugs in and I would take the hit and then I would lay down. I close my eyes and get in a breathing trance like state. And I would go into the ether and converse with the almighty. I would get a glimpse at the spirit world as it is for itself beyond the perception of my five senses. Now you can do this through things like prolonged amounts of meditation and trance states. That is possible. It's difficult, but it is possible. Endogenous DMT can be produced. I mean, technically we all produce it every night when we dream. (laughs) So becoming a lucid dreamer is like endogenous DMT tripping, uh, doing so consciously. Jacob but, does DMT in his dreams. 
Sorry. But we all do. <laughs> Me? I'm telling the whole word. Uh, can I ask Jake if Silo will be like Leary operation, tune in, drop out, happy compilers, liberal microdosing are happy with Biden. I would throw in a Grateful Dead CIA reference there too, but you get her point? Yeah. So there's a reason why I think that they're trying to get people to microdose instead of macrodose. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because macrodoses just basically pull you out of the matrix. Microdosing is. You could get the same benefits from taking lion's mane mushrooms. You know, what you're using the microdose of psilocybin for is what are called the nootropic capabilities. Okay. Right. Nootropics is, is where, uh, is a vitamin that creates new neurons in the brain and increased neuroconnectivity. And hormones, um, but you're also developing a psychoactive tolerance to any sort And of that too. So even yeah. like, you know, whenever you would take larger amounts, you wouldn't, you would be tolerant to it. I, I personally think macro dosing is far superior than micro. And I think that eating a large dose, you know, once a month beats taking a minor dose 30 times a month, any day of the week, you're going to get way more out of it. This is his personal um, opinion, everybody, just so you know. Well, and I would also say that, you know, it's not for everybody, right. you know, and, and there's a lot of people that want to be in the club of, oh, I'm microdosing, I'm microdosing, but they don't have the balls to eat a handful, you know, um, and you don't have to, you don't, if it's not for you, it's not for you. Well, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like it. But I like I how they used to call they used to call mac they used to call macro dosing heroic dosing. I think heroic that, doses, yeah. Just, Terrence McKenna, man. And Shulgin, I, yeah. I feel like what if what if our society had a compulsory macro dose policy? Like before you graduated high school. Like, like every civilization in history had tribal right? initiations. Yes. Yeah. Rites of passage. Yes. And and the thing is, I think the reason why our spiritual systems and perspective have gotten so distorted is because we don't have these things in our diets anymore. Mm -hmm. In fact, the only mind altering substances we have in our diets are pharmaceutical drugs, alcohol, coffee, sugar and uh, nicotine, all of which all of which actually in one way or another suppress thoughts, emotions, inhibit cognitive function. Um, create altered states of consciousness that are addictive and destructive to the body. So, you know, peyote, mushrooms, ayahuasca, even cannabis, for God's sake, these things have the capacity to just completely alter a person's view of reality because it's akin to changing the radio dial inside their mind to a different frequency. And now they're able to look at reality from like the 30,000 foot view. Whereas before they were lost in the weeds inside the Canyon. Now they're on top of the mountain looking inside the Canyon going, Holy shit. I really was lost. Wasn't I? But and that's why, and that's a oh, really quick. And that's why doing things the right way, the shamanic way are the way to go. Believe me, I tried to use psilocybin to party. It does not work. Doesn't it does like not it. work out well. It's not a fan of that. Have but you ever anytime, tried salvia, Jake? What's that? Have you ever tried salvia? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't like extract. The salvia leaves are okay, but I don't like the extract. I've often when someone's had, like, I don't want to do it at a party, I, my mind goes right to sell. Like, you want to go... I, home in like you a know, dark closet jake well jake, you you're also one of the don't, few you people also don't i know want to do salvia alone 
because I saw a video where this guy like freaked out and then like literally climbed out, uh, like like burst through his two story window. That's like the video that got it banned. Well, but so I feel like Salvia does that because he doesn't like being disrespected. I was aware of that at a very young age. Like people are buying this on the internet and they don't know what it's for because it's legal, quote unquote, whatever that means. Like morally okay with your society because you don't have propaganda against it yet in your mockingbird media, but when people disrespected it, all of a sudden it changed. It was like, wow, I don't want you guys on my realm and started throwing people out, literally turning the reality sideways. So people were falling away from the thing. I felt like a lot of people were experiencing that. Um, Jake, do you feel like you had a respectful encounter with Salvia ever, you know, where you, they, they liked you back? Um, random question, but I'm curious. I'll say I did it enough times to know I didn't like it and it wasn't my medicine. Yeah, um, yeah, I had one encounter with the psilocybin that made it very clear. Hey, you are not doing this right. You are being disrespectful and I'm going to show you what I can do to you. I'm going to make you beg for mercy. And then then is you will learn your lesson because I am not to be trifled with. I'm not your LSD. I'm not your cannabis motherfucker. You're going to show some respect. And once I experienced that, that was really what kind of catapulted me onto a far more intense shamanic path because I understood that these things are tools. They are meant to be respected. And in many cases, if you look into shamanism, they say that these things are plant teachers, plant spirits, right? That there is like an entity within the peyote, within the ayahuasca. They call it mother ayahuasca for a reason. There's an entity within the mushroom. Yeah. And when you Mary, go there, Mary yes, Salvia, like, right? What's that? Mary Mary the Shepherdess is the is the female. Well, yeah, well, yeah in um, Salvia. With Salvia, it was the yeah, the eyes of the shepherdess. It because the shepherdess don't it doesn't exist in their culture. So it was like the eyes through which you could see the unseen. Um hmm. Ibogaine is another good example. Um, even cannabis can be really intense for some people. So that's why the shamanic process is essential, because if you don't do the shamanic process and you just say, sit around smoking DMT while you play Grand Theft Auto, then it will warp your mind. It will warp your psyche in a way that may not be the best for you when you sober up and it can end up having detrimental effects long term. But the opposite could be true, right? Hypothetically, the opposite could also be true. Thomas is like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Okay. I just, I really, I really do think that, and this is, I know I'm a weirdo for this, but I think if you fully embrace yourself in just like pure propaganda, Disney movies, GTA, Mountain Dew, and a Big Mac, you can still use psychedelics and use all those tools to reach the same type of enlightenment that somebody that went out into the woods and only ate lion's mane for a month got to. I disagree. And let me tell you why. The chemicals that are in all of those products that you just mentioned are very low frequency chemicals. And when they are abundant in the body, they lower the frequency of the body. They lower the amount of neural connectivity that's possible in the brain. And it's there's no way to get to the heightened states of consciousness that I'm talking about with those substances in your body. But you don't Trust want too me. much neuroconnectivity because now we're talking about dementia and Alzheimer's, which essentially are like 
in some ways perpetual states of hallucination because your body is overcompensating for the lack of receptors. But they so did no, find no, 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 more no. and more. But, but, but we're talking about two totally different things because Alzheimer's and dementia are the degradation of brain tissue and neurons. Well, yeah, right. Brain. But, but the degradation, what ends up happening is that you have less receptors. So your body starts producing more of the things that should be getting attached to the receptors. And now you're just like constantly high all the time because your body is creating this crazy abundance to overcompensate for its lack to absorb things. So but, I guess the, the ultimate is, point though is that some people might actually rectify themselves with like an SSRI or take a niacin to counteract like weird things their body might do with folic acid. I appreciate he said this just because it's going to save the show for YouTube, but keep going. So <laughs> look at it like this. When it comes that dog can to sense Rod, 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 it's okay, bud. He can when sense you. It's all right. When it comes to brain and the brain function, the substances or the the foods or whatever that you just talked about are actually largely responsible for things like Alzheimer's and dementia. the The long term consumption of those food products, those edible products actually is what create in the body the environment that leads to those other things. Well, not Mountain Dew um, Zero, though. And I only do Mountain Dew Zero. Okay. Well, dude, it does it have aspartame in it? I think zero aspartame. I think that's it, why they name it that. No, it okay. assumes. I think it assumes there's aspartame. Zero sugar. Yeah, because well, if it's zero, zero, that means zero sugar. And that usually means aspartame. But yeah. then what you also have to remember is that Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew lowers testosterone and increases estrogen production in the body. Also, aspartame um, actually causes the body to store fat. Um, it also is what is called an excitocide toxin. It literally overstimulates the neurons in the brain. So it like short circuits them and actually destroys portions of the brain. 50% of the rats that were given aspartame developed brain damage and brain tumors. Um, aspartame was originally created to be rat poison, but the guy that created it failed at making rat poison, but he made an artificial sweetener. And it was actually on the uh, FDA's list of neurotoxins for quite a long time that was not allowed to be in food until lo and behold, somebody lobbied the government and they changed their mind. Well, and that somebody um, was Donald Rumsfeld, who would never do us wrong, by the way. Also, Mountain Dew was like an Appalachian drink from like sovereign Americans, right? Like they 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 really tried to conquer the Appalachian group that made Mountain Dew, and now they rebranded it into this like soda pop. But it was that was what they mixed their moonshine with. Was they called it Mountain Dew, right? So interesting. Yeah, I don't know, not important. Yeah, but I, I will never. I don't drink alcohol. Good. I don't drink alcohol. Our um, Mormon our Mormon friends will love you. You know. Someone. Well, they might not. I've asked Mormons <laughs> that come knocking at my door how they feel about things like you know psilocybin mushrooms and peyote and cannabis and they love it. You know, half of the Mormons are like they think Joseph Smith ate amino mascara. There's rough stone rolling Mormons. They're calling them now. Yeah. So there's a big change up in the Mormon community. That's that them's my people. <laughs> You're frozen, but that's all right, Jacob. We're at like two hours deep, I'm, so I I'm, I'm wanna... actually just a disembodied spirit at this point. That's so celestial. Do you guys, Thomas and Jacob, have questions for Jake before I let him go? Because I know he could talk for nine hours because he's based. But Jake, I think hit us with the hit us with the spiritual roadmap to success. Conquering these demons and these bad frequencies. Channel that. You are so juxtaposed to your stoic face right now. <laughs> I told you, um, I'm a disembodied spirit. I'll say that pure thoughts. Pure intentions, pure food, pure water, 
um, prayer, meditation, maybe even if you're uh, inclined to do so, working out, running, yoga, tai chi, um, qigong. Um, I would also say all, uh, all those things in combination have a synergistic effect that when you do all of them together repeatedly over and over and over again and, and develop those habits, then you really gain profound spiritual growth. And it can get to a point to where it's exponential. And that is the point that you want to get to is where it's exponential growth. Um, you, you almost like broken through and like broke, break on through to the other side. Right. Um, so that being said, I would also say that shamanism isn't for everybody, but if, if your heart calls you to it, don't be afraid of it. Um, psychedelics are not for everybody, but if you, if it crosses your path and if you find the courage and you're in the right set and setting the right environment, then don't be afraid. Um, uh, and that also goes for cannabis as well. I would say stay away from alcohol, stay away from artificial sweeteners, artificial ingredients, stay away from preservatives, stay away from fluoride, stay away from fluoride for sure. Um, stay away from aluminum, lithium, um, like all of these you get lead, chlorine. Like I don't go into chlorine pools anymore. Um, all of those things are essential because what you got to remember and also stay away from propaganda, you know, uh, learn to critically think for yourself. Try reading a fucking book, you know, that that might help, you know. Uh, and then even then, I think that the real goal of spiritual growth is to get to a place of development spiritual development where you see the world in a way that is beyond the use of words, that's beyond the use of syntax. And then at that point, you're talking about almost like ego death and the integration of your consciousness into the unified field, into the, the, the omnipresent source, which there are certain terms within yogic tradition for that experience is called samadhi. Um, Sahaja Samadhi apparently is like one of the higher realms of that. Uh, case in point, I would say is this. Uh, spiritual ascension, enlightenment is possible. It's just going to take work. And I promise you the benefits far outweigh the work and the cost. That we are currently living in a society that intends to keep people unenlightened and descending into more and more materialistic, atheistic worldviews because our spiritual power, our ability, you know, like the law of attraction, the power of manifestation, um, the secret, you know, that kind of stuff is so freaking real that you can literally move mountains if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. These things and greater you will also do. Have I not said ye are gods? Um, religion, politics, uh, these things need to be discussed at the dinner table. The 
paradigms that people live within are fake. They're cultural paradigms. They're social constructs. They're bullshit. They're not reality. We need, and what spiritual growth is all about is getting outside of our dogma, getting outside of our cultural paradigm, getting outside of our social constructs and observing reality as it is. And the only way to do that is to purge yourself of low frequency chemicals, low frequency molecules, put the right nutrients in your body that will elevate your consciousness and um, have the right techniques, right practices, you know, meditation, prayer, yoga, tai chi, qigong. How about, how about prayer? When you when you pray, do you have a way to, that you pray? Because you seem to receive, you know. Uh, advice through prayer how would you suggest to pray i would recommend anybody that's really interested in prayer read greg braden's book the lost mode of prayer there's an audio of it you can check out where he reads it himself but in that book he talks about the ancient essenes and jesus and and uh how it is that he was able to manifest miracles through aligning the thoughts the emotions and converging them together in the heart to create a specific frequency that is emitted and changes the quantum entangled universe. Um, that right there is probably one of the most profound insights you will get into how it is to pray effectively. It's not so, like Christ said, knock and the door shall be open. Seek and you shall find ask and it shall be given you um, for you know, and then there's the other quote in the Bible for what father gives his son a stone when he asks for a loaf of bread, right? The idea here is that you have to create the feeling inside that your prayer is already heard. God already knows and you're thankful because you know that reality is already created and you're just moving toward that reality. So like, in the lost mode of prayer, he talks about a medicine man, a Native American medicine man. I think it was in New Mexico that went out to a sacred site uh, because he offered uh, Greg Braden to go with him for this uh, rain prayer that he was going to do inside the sacred site. And so Greg's like, OK, yeah, cool. Sounds good. And so the guy goes out. He does his thing for about two or three minutes, closes his eyes, sits there, stands there, you know, and then he walks away. He's like, all right, we can go. And Greg's like, well, aren't you going to like do a dance or sing a song or something. And he goes, no, all I did was I prayed rain. And Greg said, well, what do you mean by that? And he said, I created the feeling of what it would be like for the corn stalks to be waist high when like they normally are this time of year. I smelled the rain. I felt the mud in between my toes. I felt the rain passing over and through my body. And I prayed rain. I knew that it, that it was already there, that God heard that prayer. And I was thankful for being able to create that feeling, thankful for being able to create that reality. And I had enough faith that God heard my prayer that there's no need for all that other stuff. Now, what those other things are designed to do, the song or the dance or whatever, is to get the individual in the mental state of praying rain. But if you're an adapted shamanic practitioner or an adapted mystic, whatever you want to call it, then you have the capability of doing that like that. Snap of a finger like, oh, yeah, I'll just get in that state. Oh, I know that state. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Created it. All right. Well, that was cool. All right. I'm walking away because I know the prayer is heard. And what's funny 
is final point of this is Greg said that that night New Mexico got more rain than they knew what to do with more rain in the la- than in the last several years. Hmm. Parting question, I guess for me, theoretically, would you ever bang your clone? That's a very Epstein no. question. What the fuck? No. <laughs> would you? I don't. I really don't know. It's it's a perplexing hypothetical because I don't know if it would be incest, homosexual, self pleasure. Like you're talking about nine millimeter bang. Well, would, and on the other case, would you ever kill clone. your clone? Would you have any moral qualms about killing a clone that was made directly from you if it was coming at you? If you say would you ever, then there's always a circumstance. It's like the multiverse. Like you know, what if your clone's coming okay, what, at what you with a knife? Mo- would you have mo- uh, moral qualms about killing? Your own clone. I have moral qualms about killing a fly. Yeah. But not a um, mosquito. No, if I'm driving no. down the road and I get bugs I on my window. So, so what it. if your clone is covered in mosquitoes? Have you ever seen the movie The Prestige? Oh, yes. That's a good one. That's the Tesla hey. movie, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, what's it? Christopher Nolan. Every movie he does is phenomenal. Love his work. I honestly think like the probably the best director movie producer of our time, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I have yet to see a film of his that is bad. Base Kabbalah work right there. Yeah. Every movie he does. The so, um, It's really the same question deep down. Just just throwing it out there. I, dude, I have I have moral qualms about killing flies. I don't like the idea of killing anything. I think that if when you practice what's called ahimsa, what Gandhi was practicing, it's a part of yoga and the Veda tradition of do no harm, basically kill nothing. Um, then you come to realize that the universe is perfect just the way that it is. <laughs> that's my favorite question of the night did chris nolan direct january 6th okay i want to ask you about cloning but hopefully you'll just talk to us again if we haven't offended you i love you you're wonderful no dude it's been great thank you i got one more question for you which is sure. that you're manifesting realities you're realizing dreams you're about to realize yourself back into the capital right you're running for arizona uh congressperson is that correct well well kind of i'm running for a u.s congress seat in arizona Okay, I'll take it. So uh, how can we support you, especially because we have friends who live in Arizona? What can they do to help you get elected? And, you know, and what's also your platform and what do you want to do? I mean, because we've been talking about how horrible politics are. What are you going to do that's different? Well, um, my campaign platform is something that everybody can agree on. Um, you can go to my website. Well, that's Forbidden Truth Academy. If people like what they've heard here as far as the spiritual knowledge and stuff, if you scroll down, you can find uh, the, the free courses that we have, the podcast, Forbidden Truth Podcast, all my interviews that you want to check out. There's literally at this point dozens of hours worth of interviews. Uh, there's the merch. Some and the merch is swag. Look at how good Anderson Cooper could look. You know what yeah, I mean? And the Mockingbird Media. I love that one. That's like uh, one of my favorite shirts. I don't know. Who, who was the worst interview that you've had? Was there anyone that was like objectively like just trying to pin you down? Oh yeah, there's a couple of liberals that were just the worst. My, fa- my favorite interview you did was with Eric Beasley. Um, I'm glad you brought that up, Eric Beasley or Beasley. I'm sorry, that Beasley Beasley. He did. Uh, oh, is that right, Beasley? Um, it's with a K. Isn't that the Harry Potter dude? He looks like it. 
No, you mean Weasley? Weasley? Oh, Weasley. Weasley. Oh, it's Weasley. That's right. Oh, no, no. Wait. Q Shaman. I don't know how he like titled you. Did he do it right? I just saw this video earlier. Uh, I'll find it eventually. It's like. Cut off by Sky News. What did you say to me? still have Weasley in there. I think. Didn't you say this guy? This guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. This guy. This guy. I think. Okay. Honestly, people should watch this video. Just skip around a bit to where you're talking because those are the best parts. But uh, every once in a while, he'll <laughs> say something which is just like, but Orange Man, bad. And then you'll be like, here's what the zeitgeist of reality is. Um, my favorite part, I think, is where you say, you know, psychological warfare. And you're like, you have, you have to explain the nuance. He's like, but isn't it really just all about this one little thing that happened? And you're like, no, no, it's not about that one little thing that happened. It's actually about all, all these things. And you list them. You go on this amazing, I don't know, it was, bro, it's so good. Please, everybody watch this one interview. And they just downvoted afterwards because we well, don't like Luke. Yeah, I was going to say, is there like a link that we can go where like Jake gets some of the, the analytics on that and it doesn't go to Beasley? Yeah, right. Put that clip on Rumble. That's all I can say. I don't know. Uh, he, he didn't give me a copy of it. I have the full recording and not all chopped up the way that he chopped it up. But I I honestly don't care um, how he tries to choose to portray me because most of the people that watch his show anyway, it doesn't matter. I think that um, it's really lucky because he's not really effective. And if anyone saw you and they heard you, then that would be, I mean, all it would take, I think would, to, would be to hear you in that particular video. It was <laughs> very, it was very impressive. I liked it. Thank you. Um, I, so yeah, shaman for Congress, shaman, F O R Congress.com shaman for Congress.com. That's um, the new site. Okay. Yeah, that's the one that people can go to. It is my campaign oh, platform, which is single bill voting law. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Second thing, uh, if you scroll, if you scroll, the cards. I'm just, pop up. I'm just dreaming Third about. Limit. I really need a shaman for Congress bumper sticker. I want, I want it so bad. It's like the coolest term limits sticker. for congressmen and staff. Insider trading or banning insider trading and getting rid of lobbying. Those Ooh, are. Uh, those are great. This is so good. Look at this, guys. Term limits. Look at this. Yep. Yeah, I love your that's, site. That, that's seven figure fines, expulsion and prosecution for all Congress members caught insider trading. That's that's the law I want to pass so that you can go to my policies and see why you can also go. Why di- you can also go to the, my home district day. You got my interviews. You got my about me. Um, you can also share it on uh, on X or Twitter if you wanted to. Um, yeah. And then you can also um, go there and sign the uh, petition. It, only if you are living in District 8 are you able to sign the petition. Right. Um, but, yeah, the District 8, what the problems are, the border crisis, all the stats, um, the rising crime, why that's an issue, and all the stats, uh, homelessness issue, why that's a problem, and all the statistics. We also got uh, inflation, why that's an issue here in District 8, and all the stats on that. And then we also have the truth about the reservations, which, wow. you know, there are no reservations in District 8. But there are a lot of people leaving the reservations and coming to our district and other districts here because the poverty on the reservations is just unbelievable. It's a third world country and a first world nation like America. It's absolutely atrocious. And if you really want to look and see what the globalists and what the federal government dependency system looks like, just look at the res. That's what they want everywhere. Look at D.C. That's what they want everywhere. Wow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, the signatures, the um, policies, uh, the about the district date, what the problems are. I mean, there's a multitude of others. 
But my campaign platform is something that Republican voters, Democrat voters, Libertarian voters, Green Party voters, uh, independent voters, everybody can agree that single bill voting law, an amendment for term limits for congressmen and staff, and staff is important, by the way, um, a criminalization of lobbying and seven figure fines, expulsion and prosecution for any Congress member caught insider trading, all four of those things. Everybody can agree. Those things need to happen. They have needed to happen for a long freaking time. This is super great. I can't wait for my Sean for Congress bumper sticker. That's going to be good. Impressive use of AI on a lot of those images too. Like I, I like the consistency and the detail. Like, well, I know well you're such a post 2024 candidate. I'm like, it's like, yeah, I love the, I love weapons. the juxtaposition too of like anti artificial sweeteners, but pro artificial intelligence. I get I'm it. And really I like pro, it. I'm not pro artificial intelligence, but the guy that I asked to do the website did it for free. Yeah. And he likes to use that stuff. That counts so as I'm pro. Complain, if you like getting free you know, stuff and the free stuff came from AI, that's pro AI. You can't know. be neutral on a moving train. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Jacob, uh, I, is there anything you wanted to say also before I introduce Jake off and, and say thank you? Is there any more questions you had? I just want to say thank you so much, Mr. Jacob. Mr. Jake, one syllable. Yes, I, I like the IQ shaman because you are brilliant, but America's shaman and America's sweetheart and shaman for Congress. Thank you so much, Shank and Jelly. Uh, I appreciate you so much, and I hope that we can do an episode again very soon. I'm open to it. You just let me know, brothers. Sweet. God bless you. God bless you all. God bless, guys. American stickers, cryptids, cults, and killers, killers. We got all your favorite conspiracies. Stickers, they'll make you smile and snicker. False flags and secret societies, all of these and more on our sticker sheets. Explore the unique with paranoid American sticker sheets. Unearth tales of cryptids, cults, and mysteries through each sticker. These won't last long. Get yours now at paranoidamerican.com. American stickers, cryptids, cults, and killers, killers. We got all your favorite conspiracies. All the more on our sticker sheets. Now we're North American stickers. Make you smile and snickers. False flags and secret societies. All of these and more on our sticker sheets. What the heck are you waiting for? Discover the extraordinary with paranoid American sticker sheets. From cryptids in the night to cults out of sight, each sticker is a unique find. Get yours now at ParanoidAmerican.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.